It was many, many years ago. I might have been about, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 years old. My brother was six years old. We were almost dinner time. My mom said, go get Jermaine for dinner. I said, all right. And I start looking around the house, and I don't see my six-year-old brother looking in, you know, looking in the closet, because sometimes I used to find him sleeping in the closet under the bed. You know, little kids do that crazy stuff. Looked in the backyard because we had a corner acre of backyard, looked in the treehouse, looked behind the garage, looked behind the bushes, still don't see Jermaine. You know, I said, maybe he was playing basketball. We had a big basketball net out the, on our um, driveway. He's not playing basketball. I started looking through our driveway and then I noticed our car. We had a 1982 blue Volvo at the time. And I noticed when I came up and I approached the car, there were some keys hanging from the car trunk. I said, why are there keys? And when I turned, opened the keys, he was in there banging and screaming. He locked himself in the trunk. Well, what we had is in the backseat of the Volvo, if the armrest, if you open the armrest, it, you can see peak hole into the, in the trunk. He thought he had a bright idea that he can, get in the, he can get in the trunk and climb through that little hole to get to the backseat of the car. So he closed the door, and so I'm like, open that door. He, his face is blood, blood red, and he's screaming, he was pounding. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. So glad we found you. I don't know where we would have, if it could have been any longer, he would have been not breathing. But praise God, that dingling of the, the car keys were hanging out that I happened to get it. And I was so overjoyed to see my little brother. I wasn't upset. My mom was like, what do you want? You want ice cream? What do you, what do you want, Jermaine? I was like, what do you want? I want? I'll give you lollipops. You want? What do you want on it? I wasn't jealous. I was so glad to see my brother alive and safe. And I'm going to close out this series by talking about the older brother. The older brother, and we, let's, let's read the scripture in Luke 15, 24 to 32. And it says, and he arose, I'm going to go a little ahead to give some context. He arose and came to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf, say fattened calf, and kill it and let us eat and celebrate for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to celebrate. And this is where I'm going to preach out of today. Now his older, his, now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked, what are these things meant, mean, meant? And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf. See, fattened calf. Because he has received him back safe and sound. Listen, the reason why I'm saying, I want to focus on the fattened calf. What's the difference between a fattened calf and a regular calf, you think? Other calves that were just regular, they would have just roamed through the grass like every other regular calf. But this fattened calf would be in a stall. It wouldn't roam around, so it didn't have the capacity to gain, it had, didn't have the capacity to lose that weight while roaming on the grass. They would feed him more food to get bigger and bigger and fat and juicy. 
What we see in the scriptures in Matthew 22, 4, when Jesus spoke a parable of a king who gave um, a wedding feast for his son, and it says, again, he sent other servants saying, tell those who you invited. See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fattened calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. Listen, a fattened calf is no small thing. A fat calf would normally be 600 pounds of meat. It was a big thing. It was a big deal. It's a huge celebration when they, when they kill the fattened calf. The neighbors are coming, the servants are coming, the friends and family are coming. And so, listen, the brother is angry. He's like, why are we killing the fattened calf for my brother? It's a big deal. And so it says here in verse 28, but he was angry, say angry. He was angry and refused to go to his father. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, look, these many years I served you, I never disobeyed your command, and yet you never gave me a young goat, see young goat, that I might celebrate with my friends. My first point is anger can lead you to amnesia. Anger can lead you to amnesia. Amnesia is a thing that you lose your memories, such as facts, information, and experiences. Listen, he's comparing himself. He said, I've served you. I've never done anything almost wrong. Listen, in, in the scriptures, Romans 3, 23, it says, all have fallen from the glory of God. It also says, we have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like filthy rags, Isaiah 64. How much do we forget what we've done in our own past and our own situations? We forget so easily. At this time, we see the older brother becoming very pharisaical, self-righteous, very judgmental. Look what I did compared to my brother. And how many, I've been there sometimes when I'm like, listen, I know I'm closing my legs when I'm supposed to close my legs. I know I'm good with my money. I'm a good budgeter. Come on. And you see, how many times we see the unrighteous seems like they're progressing before the righteous. And we sometimes are like, God, why, why, why are you doing that? You know, the older son was not modeling the father's heart. Listen, he said, you didn't even give me some curry goat. Not even curry goat with white rice with some potato coleslaw. Not even to have a little gathering with my friends, but you want to kill the fattened calf. For my brother that's done something wrong. But I haven't even got a little piece of goat, right? Listen, oftentimes when we're angry, we become short-sighted. Shorts, I see my kids all the time. I never get, they always get, come on. Always, we're, for, we're always short-sighted what God is doing. Well, we had a father here that was like, you know what? I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there to you. I'm not going to list all the things that you've ever done. Let's go back to the text here. And it says, um, in verse 30, it says, But when the son of yours came, who was devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And my second point is, Comparison is the devil's playground. Comparison is the devil's playground. When you're focused on comparison, you have lack opportunity for compassion. And I remember bringing my kids to the, the park. 
always, almost every time someone's about to get hurt, go down the slide, get the wind knocked out of their stomach, or something would happen, or they would fall off the swing. And that's how it is. When you are on the devil's playground of comparison, you get hurt. And comparison can lead you to the ER room, thinking that you are smarter, prettier, healthier, wiser, holier. Instead of adding in the ER room, we should be in the living room where there's grace, hope, understanding. As Christians, that's where we need to be. And a lot of times when you go to the ER room, someone's telling their bad story compared to their, your bad story. Oh, I broke my arm. Oh, you know what? I broke my leg. And they just start going on, building up the story better and better. I don't know if you've done it with your siblings. But in the ER room is not a place that we should stay. We shouldn't be in, the, in comparison, but collaboration. This was an opportunity for the older brother to come and say, you know what? Let me drop what I was doing. I heard my brother's finally home and run to the party. He should be the first one putting on his praise dance with Pastor Andrew. First one, hand toe clapping, doing the very thing that if I was lost, I would want someone receiving me well. Well, listen, when my husband is preaching, no matter where, I'm going to be shouting him down. I don't care if he's preaching, but Mary had a little lamb. Come on, babe, let's go. Mary had a little lamb. I'm going to shout it with my kids. They can be tripping all the way to the finish. I'm like, oh, my babe, you are amazing. Come on, Gabe. Come on, Claire. That's how we should be. Even if we're tripping, even if we're falling on the way to our destination of grace. We should be, be cheerleaders and not haters. Don't hate, just celebrate. Come on. Too many of us are hating on our family members, our friends. But you know what? Also, we need to make sure that we don't get caught up playing the devil's playground of comparison. It's so easy in this superficial social media world with filters and all that we start comparing the very thing that God, you know, it's a, it's a miracle that God created such beautiful things out of dust. That we want to put filters on the very thing that the God's created with his hands. And I don't think we recognize how good we have a God that loves us so much that he will take care of everything for us. And my third point, it says, Jesus calls you by your name. The devil calls you by your sin. The devil knows your name, but he calls you by your sin. God knows your sin, but he calls you by your name. Praise God for that. And when we saw the brother, he said, he said, didn't you see that he devoured your property, squandered your inheritance, that he was with prostitutes? How many times people want to bring you, call you, and label you by your past? But God wants to cover you in his grace and his love and his mercy. And that's how we need, when we're receiving people that are lost, I think so many times we get caught up on what, what they've done to us or they've done to people or community. But listen, if God is forgiving them, if God's covering them, why can't we just do it as well? Not saying that it's very easy or on a fast timeline, but we need to recognize that there's a God, there's nothing too far. And that's why I love every time we have service that we do the penitential act is because it's a moment for us to reflect on forgive, the power of forgiveness. Amen. And listen, the only name you should be answering is what God calls you. 
the only name you should be responding to. But what's in the scripture? Pull out some scriptures what God's called. You are more than a conqueror. You are loved by a God that was willing to die on a cross for you. What are you answering to in this season? Your insecurities? Your, the, the lack of confidence? That's why it's so important for us to go in our scripture, in our word, to receive what God is calling us. Um, many times we don't know because we're not in our scripture. And I always tell people, how do you know what God is saying if you don't ever open your book? How do you ever receive a text message if, if your phone is off? You can't receive God's word if it's closed. You can't receive the text message if it's closed. And the scripture says here, in verse 31, it says, And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Listen, this brother had access to everything. How many times I, my kids would um, have a birthday party all the time, and it was, say it's Gabriel's birthday and Noah's the brother attend. How do you know they're just excited? Because listen, that cake, even though it's for the person of the hour, it tastes the same. <laughs> the cake tastes the same. And there's so many benefits for going to the, the, uh, the birthday party. If he went inside the celebration, he would have eaten the, the good food, the fattened cat that everyone's been waiting for for so long. He would enjoy the good music, dancing on the floor, busting out those moves. And I love the father's heart. The father's heart, verses before, ran out to the road to get the son that was squandering the inheritance. This father goes outside the party, leaves the music, leaves the celebration for the older son. That's the father's heart. That's the father's heart. He runs after you. And that song we sang today, Reckless Love, that's our father that will do that for us. He will run after you. No mountain is too high for you. No values, valleys too low to run after you. He will kick down any door he needs to kick down to get you. And sometimes it can be in conflict. It can be in issues. But he will do whatever it takes to get you back on the right path. And I think we get caught up. He got the brother, older brother got caught up in his self and didn't catch what the father was trying to show him he was they said he was entreating him he was he was begging him come in come in and that's how we need to be at christians when people are not they're arguing with us or they're just not on the same page with us, we need to be begging you know what I and mean, we might i love this line let's disagree, let's agree to disagree you know and, and the thing about the story doesn't it doesn't tell us what the, the older son end up doing and I hope that when we look at this story, we remember Galatians 6.10. And Galatians 6.10 talks about, as we have an opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those who are in the household of faith. Sometimes we're nicer to our cohorts than people that are in our own families. Even in our church, we will be nicely to the homeless person on the street. We won't open up our pockets for anything for in the house. John 13.35 they know us by our love to one another. And I love this because the Father's love is amazing. Absolutely amazing. And when I think about the scripture, not scripture, the old hymn we used to sing at church when I grew up was Amazing Grace. 
How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. I think the father was gracious because he related to even his younger son being lost. Because if when you're before the BC me, I don't even want to even tell the BC me before Christ me. <laughs> I don't think a lot of us want to share that story, the BC us. We only want to share the cleanup story of after us. And so listen, a lot of times when you get angry, don't forget, it might give you amnesia, lead you into that path. Comparison is the devil's playground. We don't want to get caught up in comparison. And remember, when God calls you, he calls you by your name, not your sin. And God is faithful. And so today, as we go through this week, think about that. Where have I been unrepentant? Where am I not extending grace to any people? The people that are finally changing their life after all these years, instead of like, are they really changed? Are they really changed? Questioning them every five seconds? Like I check, I always question my kids, did you really clean your room? I think we do that sometimes, and it's hurtful. I remember years ago when my husband and I, we were finally, you know, learning this marriage thing out. And uh, I remember there's a moment we said, you know what? We need to stop. Stop treating me how I used to be. In the beginning years of marriage, I've grown. I've matured a little bit in marriage. I think sometimes we forget when people have changed, we want to treat them how they used to be. But even when God has done something in their heart, sometimes we don't really recognize that something's changed in their heart. And I think there's an opportunity to take a moment and reflect where where I need to grow in grace? Where do I need to repent instead of pointing my finger at that person? Where do I need to grow my heart that I'm not perfect? Because it's so easy, trust me, being the older sibling, when you had all the responsibilities, you're like, I'm always doing this. I'm always, they never do that. But then I remember there's many times my mom came right behind me and helped me out when I needed it. And she was faithful to me. And there's not a day that doesn't go by we cannot be grateful for what God has done for us. That our mess has been messy. Your mess was messy. But we have a loving Father that was willing to love us, to cover our sins with His blood. And it says, Love covers a multitude of sin. And if the older brother could extend some love, like the father i really believe so much could happen to the older to the younger son and so if this blessed you give god a round god is faithful come on can we give god praise one more time for that incredible reminder and so remember as you are going out and we are serving our city make sure that as the lord calls lost people to the house that we don't throw uh you know pity parties and act arrogant and prideful but let us celebrate let us celebrate let us join the party because the cake tastes the same whether it's my party or it's their party i love that so much such an incredible message give god praise one more time in this place And so with this being said, with this in mind today, uh, you know, we want to call someone from the outside. You might be here today under the sound of my voice and you're like, you know what, Pastor, 
I heard this message and heard about the young man coming home and I'm that young man. I'm one that went away and has been squandering my life, doing what I want to do, living my life for myself, living my life for myself, following my own way, my own direction. And today, today, I feel the heart of the Father. I hear the heart of the Father. I saw Savannah get baptized and you know what? I'm like, I, I need to go the same direction today. I need to come home. I don't want you to ignore. Don't ignore that compelling. Don't ignore that drawing. You know, not to be morbid or fearful, but this season that we're now hopefully leaving is a vivid reminder that none of us knows what tomorrow holds. And the Bible makes it clear that the wages of sin is death death which i don't have to convince you that people are dying but also death in hell as the bible talks a lot about this eternal separation from god for those who reject the gospel and so we're not talking about the people who have never heard the gospel and are in places that, that we're not talking about them we're talking about you today you that has an ear to hear and you're hearing today that God loves you so much that he came in flesh, died in your place and in my place for our sin. And not only this, but that on the third day that he rose from death with all power. And today he extends to you eternal life, relationship with God. If you would put your trust and your faith in Jesus. And so someone today is saying, well, how do I do that? How do I begin a relationship with God? The Bible sums it up in three things. Someone say three things. Here it is. This is how you put your trust and faith in Jesus. We do so by repentance. Someone say repent. In other words, you acknowledge that you are a sinner, separated from God, away from the relationship with him and all of this. And you say, I'm sorry for my sins. I, I repent of my errors, repent of living for myself. And then we turn in faith. And so someone say believe turn in faith from serving and living that life and we put our trust and our faith in Jesus we say we believe that you came we believe that you died for our sins we believe that you rose from death with all power and I want you to be the Lord the King the boss of my life and then to seal the deal we are baptized someone say be baptized and so we're baptized for the forgiveness of our sins when you go down in that water you are you are you are leaving your old life behind you are unified with the death of christ and when we bring you up out of the water you are unified with the resurrection of christ amen somebody and you rise to new life with him and so if that's you today and you're under the sound of my voice you hear this in your heart you hear this not just with your ears and you're being compelled I want to call you to make this decision today. And someone else, you're here and you're like, I was baptized and I ran away from Christ and I left him and all of that. And I want to come home. Do I need to be rebaptized? No. You can renew your baptismal vows. You can repent and you can come back to Christ. And there's still room at the table, as I say every week, for you.